0: Not Quite Cool is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general nonsense. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to another excellent episode of Not Quite Cool, and you can feel the energy at the beginning of this episode because there is the lack of weight holding us down. Uh, I am Keith Brooks, and here with me as always is Chad Dowdy. Chad, how are you doing, sir?
0: I'm doing great, but, but I'm going to tell you, the Arnold documentary dropped on Netflix today. So if I wasn't doing this podcast, that's what I'd be watching. So this podcast has to at least be as good. As the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary.
1: Well, I can try to speak like Arnold throughout the entire thing, if that helps. The Or the chief of action, I think is what he's called now, right? <laughs> For the, I haven't seen the documentary or FUBAR, his show. He has a, a Netflix show. I haven't
0: watched it yet. I haven't seen FUBAR either. I'm going to watch both. But the documentary I'm going to watch first. It's It's a little bit easier to watch. It's three episodes, an hour long. So three yeah. hours, knock it out. Each segment is a different part of his life. Like the, the first segment, I believe, is like his bodybuilding life, then acting and then politics. So it's that's it's great. a little bit easier. The food bar thing, it's like eight episodes and it's like an hour each, each. show. It's it's gonna be like an you know an undertaking that yeah, I'm gonna do because it it's Arnold, but
1: I hear it's uh like basically true lies, but but dad daughter relationship instead. And uh yeah, I'm fucking here for it.
0: So. I, I mean, okay. I don't know. I haven't watched it me that's though. high price if it's like true lies that's what, that's what people are saying
1: and i feel and it might be the comparison maybe because that true Lies show who i, I know a couple people on but it got canceled kind of quickly um yes so maybe that's why they're like this is more of true lies than that was i don't know um i'm eager to see it because it's arnold but though but now i really want to see a show of arnold versus the undertaker and called the undertaking um And just, oh, my God, you think you're dead man now? And then they fight? Like, it'd be <laughs> great. He's so good.
0: Well, uh, he, Arnold did show up on SmackDown one time, and he uh, came to blows with Triple H. Not The Undertaker, though.
1: Oh, that's a great fight. That's a great fight.
0: Yeah, It's out. one of my favorite moments in wrestling history. It really is. Oh, there, there's so
1: many good ones to choose from. But speaking of good things to choose from, you might be able to tell that there's a pep in our step, and it's because we don't have old man death himself breathing down our neck. Mr. Rob Progo is not here yet, though, just like that time of the month, eventually he's going to flow in. Uh, Gross. This, yeah, well, I figured this podcast about all men, let's, let's do more womenly views. Um so, yes, yeah, so a Rob will be here eventually. Uh, He says, we'll see. You know, he also said, yeah, mom, I'm going to be a real big superstar in the acting world. <laughs> we'll see.
0: Well, you know, a lot of stuff he didn't watch anyway. It's not like he's going to have a lot to offer on all this stuff he didn't see. Yeah.
1: yeah. And even if he did offer, uh,
0: fuck, I fucked
1: up the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he did see it, he wouldn't have a lot to offer then. Chad said that. Lady, I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain. This is the Wizard of Oz <laughs> moment. I That had organically come up right before we started rolling. And Chad's like, I'll go ahead and set you up. And I got so excited when he set me up that I fucked up the joke.
0: <laughs> That's worse than Rob reading a joke. Yeah. You know, and Messing it up.
1: Oh, god oh, yeah. damn it. And I'm the editor. I could have just like Take tuned it, but I did not. Damn it. <laughs>
0: well, that's good. You're, you're giving the people what they want. It's yeah. truth here. The honesty. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> and I, I feel like we're going to have to change the intro a little bit because almost every intro is like, and today we're a little bit lighter because we don't have Rob Prago. <laughs> it's like, it should be the opposite where if he's here, it's like, today, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. He's graced us with his presence.
1: Well, well grace is a strong word. Um, but yeah, but let's kick it off. We have a lot of things to talk about. We will save some of the big stuff that Rob has seen or potentially has seen to later on in the show. But we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, some great material. And that is a new Star Wars show came out, guys. Uh, This is the last time we talked. A new Star Wars show has come and gone. It is Star Wars Visions Season 2. Chad and I both watched it. Chad, what did you think about Star Wars Visions Season 2?
0: So You know, I wasn't like super pumped for Vision Season 2, just because Vision Season 1 was fine. It was hit or miss. There were a couple that I really liked. Some, they were fine. Same scenario here with Season 2. There were two that really stood out to me that I really liked. The first one that I really liked was Sky Dancer. I thought that one was awesome. And I didn't see the twist coming in that one, even though it's obvious. I should have, you know, realized. But that was emotional, yeah. It, it was awesome. I love Sky Dancer a lot. And Sky Dancer, and it, just, just
1: so I'm that's the one about the dancing lady at the show, her child, and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yes. And like her child was kidnapped or whatever in the past, or, you know, and the empire's there. Yeah. Great. That was a great one. Uh, and then the second one that I really enjoyed was The Pit, which great is Self explanatory, you know, where they're digging a huge pit the entire time. Yeah. And it's almost like a whole community down there in the pit. I thought I thought those were the two standouts to me. While the rest of them, while the art was great yeah. and what I liked about it is it runs the gamut. You know, it's all different types of art, whether it's like some Wallace and Gromit type art, uh animation, you know, straight up hardcore anime, you know, that the art ran the gamut and I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. But the rest of the uh the shorts were just kind of like eh, they're they were fine. None of them were like terrible, but they were the rest of them were fine, but those were the two stands out. How about you? Um, I
1: love this season. Uh, I I absolutely adored it. I think the animation, it's so drastically different than, the, it, you know, it seems the first season is definitely like, let's just do anime. The second season is let's go all right. over the world with some experimental stuff. Um, And I, yeah, man, I, I loved everything that they were doing. I, I love the episode by the same team that did Secret of Kelly and um Wolf Walker, the Irish one. I thought that was just emotional and what a great turn and what a great way to explore a different aspect of this. I love the Wallace and Gromit one. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I I love a lot of the cameos that were in that one of the little Easter eggs. I, Sky Dancer right. was beautiful I love the one about the, the the girl with the painting uh, The stone painting to sort of honor her mother I thought that was absolutely amazing You know, and this won't be the, fr- the only time That we talk about stunning animation In this episode today But to me, I thought While I liked season one of Vision Season two is to me Infinite and beyond better Like I absolutely adored it And uh, yeah, it rose But I, I'm a big fan of Cartoons that can succinctly take me on a journey and this these were just fantastic every single one i i I can't think of a, a single one of them i didn't really like i thought almost all of them had a real good emotional punch that showed us different aspects of the star wars universe especially like the girl who had the force that she could ignite the kyber crystals every time she sang, or you know the the girl who had to lose her family in order to follow the jedi all of those were super compelling and, and interesting stories. Plus, it's always great to see, you know, a different aspect of this world, different things that are going on. And it's not the same old, same old that you've seen before, which uh, yeah, bring- like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, which brings me to something that I want to talk about, a uh, film that I saw uh, called Malum. Uh, if you're not familiar with Malum, it is a remake of a film that was maybe 10 years old at this point called The Last Shift. It's the same director. Last Shift has a little bit of a, a cult following to it. Uh, Malin, the same director, taking the same concept, now with a bigger budget. And it's not as good. Like, it's it's not – like, I f- <laughs> feel – yeah, th- th- I love Last Shift. And that's not just because friend of the channel, Josh Michael, is in it, but, but he's a great job in it. Um this one some of the special effects look great but there it feels like there is no cohesiveness to the story like a character will be in one room walking into another and just feel they don't feel connected it feels like they were in a completely different building you know what i mean or, or they're exiting from a scene we didn't watch and so it feels very uncomfortable i speaking of uncomfortable rob's coming in but i also think he's logging in from somebody else's <laughs> zoom
2: and that's probably not the best of decisions. Um, I've never used my Zoom. I haven't used my Zoom in seven years, ten years, thirty-five years. I haven't used my Zoom.
1: Probably all those. You look like what Beetlejuice looked like before he died. Like that's <laughs> that's how your hair looks. Man. My hair, my
2: hair is is starting to mimic Christopher Walken, which is not <laughs> really?
1: more more Christopher Lloyd in Taxi. Um, so it's it's not the I, good is
2: like the Pines or the Hemsworths. No, no about no, the Lloyds. No, you yeah, got Lloyd Glover, that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Crispy Glover, Christopher Walken. Yeah, it just took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I can't speak. Yeah, no, don't Uh, well, I think um, I've watched one thing you guys have. So let me know when I'm up. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, <laughs> I would say it's a pleasure having you on the show. But anyway, um, so yeah, so Malum. I feel it's just disconnected. It it doesn't feel like the energy keeps going. Nothing that happens sort of adds up. It feels disjointed the entire time. And it feels like it would make a great video game, but a shitty movie. So, uh, and not shitty in production-wise, just cohesiveness isn't there. I much prefer the original uh, Last Shift, I think, is a great, great watch. That being said, let's talk about some other great watches that we've had uh in the meantime and that is we're gonna move on to one of our big hitters spider-man across the spider-verse
2: rob did you watch this one say it again my bluetooth completely went out for a second which one uh spider-man across the spider-verse i haven't seen the movie i've seen the trailer <laughs> oh that's <laughs> how surprising anyway and i uh, thought that trailer was very cartoony it was well <laughs> it was very is it a cartoon because it looked very cartoony it's not Most always a it. cartoon. Yeah. yeah, I heard. I heard. Yeah, Spoilers. Yeah, I heard. I heard the spoilers. Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so there might be some spoilers. I think it'll be difficult to talk about this without talking about a couple of spoilers. But Chad, away the guy. go for it. What did you think about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse? Was it amazing? Was it spectacular? Was it superior? How did you feel? Nice.
0: It was awesome. You know, I, I dug this movie a lot. It, You know, it's early contender for, you know, top five of the year uh, yeah. overall for me. I mean, it's that good. Um, that doesn't mean it couldn't be unseated, of course, you know, but it's excellent. I loved it. I loved the Easter eggs and cameos in this yeah. movie. And just in general, almost everything they do, Lord and Miller, I'm a huge fan anyway, forget the fact that this is, you know, like a Marvel movie with Spider-Man, but I love Lord and Miller. I love their sense of humor so much. And a lot of that's on display here, you know, in certain instances, Uh just, just a big fan. Animation is as cool as you would expect, you know, it's that kind yeah. of weird uh you almost can't like describe it or wrap your head around it. Like it's different, but like how is it different? It's just it's like something you've never really seen before. Yeah, Again, there's it's nothing like to the compare for, but absolutely. Exactly. That's that's the whole thing. Uh obviously uh it was a it was a great emotional story for Miles and Gwen. I thought that was like a perfect two-hander in that regard for the two of them. It's not just Miles' story. Gwen, major, you know, major journey in this for her. And I love her as a character, Spider-Gwen anyway. So give her more time. I like that. Obviously, Spider-Man 2099, he was awesome. But Spider-Punk stole the movie. Come on. Like, like, he is so funny. Who's the actor?
1: Who's
2: playing Spider-Punk?
1: Daniel Kaluuya?
0: Oh no shit. Oh awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's excellent in this movie. Like Anyway, in the comics, not really a big fan of Spider-punk. He's fine. Yeah. This he's like again, he's not in the movie the whole time, but he's the star when he's in the thing. It's like, what's he going to say? I want to know what he's going to do. Huge fan of Spider-punk. But again, we're getting a little spoilers a little bit, but not major. I just really like the idea of all these spider people have a certain preordained things that have to happen to them to make them more Spider-Man. And it's not just Uncle Ben dying. It is other things that have to happen after they're Spider-Man that makes them even more of a hero. And I really like that thought. I like that aspect. Uh, I thought I thought it was just well done, you know, top to bottom. Big thumbs up about this movie.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that idea is not necessarily a new one within the world of Spider Man. We sort of explored a little bit of that in No Way Home. Um, There's a game from years ago called Web of uh, Shattered Web or Web of Dimensions or whatever it is, where that same sort of conversation happens between Peter Parker and Miguel O'Hara, where they're arguing about what do we do? If we know this is a touchstone moment, do we let it happen or not? And that's sort of explored in a bigger way here. I think. The thing about this movie that makes it so exceptional is the the way, the attention to character, it is so strong. It is since we've last seen Miles, his character arc makes perfect sense. Like who he's become in the meantime feels so realistic, feels so grounded. And with every single one of them, it does. And then as we see each of these characters and go into their world, their world sort of mirrors how their character feels, what that energy is, Right save for miguel's miguel's doesn't feel like he fits even which i think is an interesting thing there um just some of the spoiler stuff here let's just talk about it the fact that we got the ultimate spider-man cartoon that we got spider-man unlimited the the lego scene created by a 14 year old kid that the director's had seen and asked him to be a part of the movie and he made a lego portion of the film the fact that j jonah jameson is always J.K. Simmons in every world. That's amazing. And then the big one for me everybody knew you were going to see at least some of the live action Spider Man's, but Glover suited up as the Prowler. That was everything I ever needed. Like Didn't know it. I'm so glad I didn't know it. Too, I'm Jordan. so glad I didn't know it. And then when you see him, it's uh, through the roof excitement, right? Even though he's barely there. And we don't have those Easter eggs to take away from Miles' story, because at the end of the day, this is Miles' story. But the place it leaves us off with, oh my god, like, it, you, I knew that twist the minute the machine said, this is where we're going. I'm like, oh god, I know what's going to happen now. But... Wow. Just like what a what a great cliffhanger to to, to carry us over into the next one. I right. want I want to see Japanese Spider-Man because we didn't get to see him. I need to see Holland. Where is he at? Uh, we mention him, but we don't see him. I need right. to see 90 Spider-Man. I want to see 70 Spider-Man. I want to see, you know, those iterations. The 60s Spider-Man was cool. I like that. That, that was funny. Yeah. That was the T rex they ever
2: add, did, they, did they ever add that weird not Sesame Street. Electric Company had a very weird Spider-Man character. We did haven't weird, have have they ever had that? That's...
1: Uh, not in this one, not yet. I I have it he wasn't in this one. The, the every other kind of Spider-Man you could ever want is yeah. there. There's a Bruce Banner Spider-Man in the background. There's Bombastic Bagman, there's a horse Spider Man. Well, there's
0: a and then you got you know Sandberg's playing Ben Raleigh. Scarlet Spider, Samberg is hilarious. Is so Robert. good, he is so, so funny in this movie. I mean, and especially like, if if you're a fan of, like me, you know, growing up 90s comic books. Like his inner monologue is just the stupidest stuff he's saying. Exactly what he's doing. Like he's oh, thinking I'm so it. depressed looking
1: at my muscles. They could be bigger. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Like, like that's
0: I'm just a. He's like, I'm gonna go down here. Yeah, I'm just gonna look at this wall right here. <laughs> Huh? That's different from this wall over here. And it's like that was '90s comic books. Their thoughts, one hundred percent. But their thoughts is so funny. How does it they're hold
2: different. up? How many cartoons? How many uh, animation movies have been nominated for Best Picture? Best Picture. I know Beauty and the Beast was. Was Toy Story nominated? when of the Toy Story nominated for Best Picture? Uh I don't know. <laughs> Let me look that up real quick. You know, I What ever- happened
0: was after Beauty and the Beast,
1: they made a separate was nominated
0: category. for Best Picture. They made a separate category for Best oh. Animated Film. So it was a lot harder. Gotcha. For a film to be nominated as best picture, being gotcha. animated, so I, I bet it's not that many at all because they created a best animated feature category. Uh-huh. Like maybe The Lion King. Maybe there's only th-
1: three. um So there's only three animated films that have been nominated for best picture. None of ever won. Beauty and the Beast, Up, and Toy Story three.
2: Oh, oh, Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. You know, a couple of things come to mind. First of all how much would you love to see lord and miller's version of fucking solo and solo i mean they've ever touched have i disliked ever i love their sense of humor i love your take on stuff i think kathleen kennedy fucked up she screwed the pooch with with that removal i mean that's crazy and i'm curious does feige have any say over what's her name over at sony using uh, yeah using glover and that connecting the universes i wonder if he's i wonder if he's involved and she's like i'm hiring glover to be this character and you know i'm I'm gonna connect the universes myself if it's, if it's the last thing i do
1: but the way they do it, it it's so it makes sense and, it, and it's nothing that interferes more than what spider-man no way home does or what um uh what's the other one multiverse of
2: madness does i don't even care if it does interfere i'm just i'm curious if feige has any say over that part of it yeah
0: yeah, they also you, you didn't mention that like, like in your cameos, they also go to uh, Venom's world. Yeah, it's like the um, the, the, the Tom park.
2: Hardy.
0: Yeah, the Tom, yeah, Hardy, the Tom Hardy, Tom Bear. Hardy, Tom Hardy, him Yeah, cool. They awesome. go to like his uh, not supermarket, whatever uh, what a bodega store. Yeah. Yeah. bodega. Yeah, it's like the lady at the bodega is there, and uh, so it's clearly Venom's world. It's and, live action, you know. Yeah. So,
1: and they uh, make a dig at Morbius just, um, as much as possible. Yeah, they they do a lot of stuff. Like it's and and it's fun too. They they yeah, I I just had a blast with this movie, especially if you're a Marvel fan. And they do such a great job of taking a villain like the spot who's been around for a long fucking time and has always been a cheesy ass villain. Even in the nineties cartoon, that was the worst episode there ever was. You know what I mean? Um and they really make him super frightening. Like Jason Schwartzman did yeah. an amazing job in this movie. Uh the 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 transition he makes to from going to a silly bad guy to a Lovecraftian villain that's going to destroy everything. It's phenomenal. I can't recommend this movie enough. Um, I hope it's nominated for best picture. It won't be because it's a cartoon, but it, it should be. I I liked it a lot. Um, speaking of uh, well, this isn't even speaking of things I like a lot, but this is something that I often say to Rob whenever he Uh-oh. comes over to my house. Uh Chad watched a show called I Think You Should Leave um season three (laughs) i love season one and two it's a sketch comedy show on netflix uh chad what did you think about i think you should leave season three
0: yeah it's tim robinson if you don't know he was on saturday night live for like one season i think but you know it's like you're saying season one and two is on netflix they are it's like six episodes and they're like 16 minute long it's just not enough you know as far as i'm concerned but Mm -hmm. they're hilarious The skits on all of the seasons, this is no exception, is run the gamut from like, yeah, that was pretty good to some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like he is so freaking funny. He is just a super weirdo. Just like him just being in a scene, it makes you want to laugh just because of the way he looks and the looks on his faces. And, but just the stuff that he comes up with is just belly laughing. Funny, like, if you've never seen I Think You Should Leave, check it out on Netflix because it's a 16-minute episode. They're easy to knock out, and you're going to find something that you'll say. That's one of the funniest skits I've ever seen in my entire life. You'll I find just, one for sure.
1: That one with Bob Odenkirk where they're at the diner, and he has to lie to his daughter for Bob Odenkirk, or the simple one where he's he's just stuck in traffic or whatever, and the guy's like, dude, move out of the way. Can't you drive? No. No, I can't. I don't know how. This yes, is difficult. He's like crying.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> this one this one. I'm, I'm gonna tell you a little bit this. this is one of the funniest ones I've seen. He goes, he's he's in a drive-thru and he gives the lady, you know, the money or whatever. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna buy the guys behind me. I'm just gonna pay it for it. Who knows? Maybe it'll catch on. And he's being like, you think he's being altruistic or whatever. She gives him at the car. She's like, Oh, that's nice. As soon as he gets his food, he immediately speeds around as fast as he can to go and get back in the drive-thru line. And he gets right behind the guy and he gets to the drive-thru and she's like, yeah, I can help you. And he's like, 55 hamburgers, 55 sodas, 55 chilies, 32 taters, coffees, and he just blasts like all these things. And she's like, okay, that'll be $600. He's like, okay. And then he pulls up behind the guy and then you see the guy look like behind and she's like pointing and he gets out of the car and goes and he's like, what are you trying to do, dude? He's like, Well, you have to pay it forward. The guy in front of you did it. And he's like, you're the guy that was in front of me. He's like, you have to do it. And they just get to it. It's the funniest thing. The lady's behind him. She beeps and she's like, what's going on? And the other guy's like, he's trying to do a pay it forward. Line here. She immediately pops it into reverse. Gets back in, and she goes, "I'll take fifty-five hamburgers, fifty-five taters, thirty-two <laughs> coffees." Like she does the same exact thing. And then Tim Robinson is like, "Damn it, you've ruined everything."
1: I it's love it. It's the funniest
0: it. thing. It is so funny. But again, there's skits like this peppered throughout the series that are just like some of the funniest stuff you've ever seen.
1: I have to watch it. I mean, I love it. He has such a weird sense of comedy, and I've always loved that. It but speak- is
0: super weird.
1: Yeah, but speaking of being super weird, let me talk about a movie I saw on uh, A24, which is, you know, the channel, Uh-oh. the the podcast favorite distributor. Don't uh, trigger that. Don't, yeah. um, uh,
2: don't cast like that.
1: This movie is called Bo is Afraid, oh, right. uh, directed by Ari Aster, starring Joaquin Phoenix and... <laughs> Harker Posey and and Nathan Lane, and and just a shit ton of people. Great cast. Whoa. Bo's Afraid
0: slash Chad is Bored. Got
1: it. You would not be bored in this movie because this is the weirdest movie I've ever seen in my life. It takes comedy to this weird, hyper realistic, because it's not a scary movie. It is a comedy, but it's a comedy in the vein of something like Candide, like a, a weird like scarred character going on a journey where things just get so ridiculous. I have never seen so much of Joaquin Phoenix nude. I have never seen so much of Parker Posey nude. Um, And so, you know, there's balance there. I think there is some trippy, beautiful stuff. There's an animation sequence in the film that I think is one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen in my life. But I think Ari Aster just has a lot of demons with his mother. And the entire plot is (laughs) uh, Joaquin Phoenix. It plays a sort of agoraphobic sort of person who lives in an ultra violent city. He's supposed to go to his mother's house to celebrate uh, or commiserate the anniversary of his father's death from when he was young. So, He realizes he's packing up all of his things, trying to leave from this violent city, realizes he forgets something, leaves his key in his door, goes back into his apartment to get it. When he comes back out, the key's gone. Oh, God, I can't leave. They'll steal all my things. His mother freaks out, starts yelling at him about not being able to, to come home. The next day, he finally figures out how to get over there, and his mother is dead. Uh, but he's not there when he he finds out over the phone through Richard Kind. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, actually, Bill Hader. Bill Hader is the one who tells him his mother's dead. And then Richard Kind comes in later. Uh, so then trying to figure out how to get to his mother's house, he gets hit by a car and taken in by a bunch of people, preventing him from getting there within the three days For the Jewish burial services. And it's all just crazy hijinks from there that are too trippy for me to even mention. There are Lovecraftian elements to this movie. Uh, It's just fucking insane. It's just an insane film. So if you like weird, strange things, you should go see this. If you're expecting something akin to Hereditary or Midsommar, that's not what this is. Um, this is a drastically different turn. Uh, it is, I would say, Woody Allen through A24. That's kind of uh, without any underage sex, so that's good. Um, so speaking of things that are what kind of transition am I going to use for that? Uh, (laughs) speaking of uncomfortable combinations, Chad watched a movie called Kids versus Aliens. Uh, so Chad. I don't know what this is. Was this just you hanging out at school? What's going on? What What is this? That, yeah, right, exactly. that? That sounds fun to make,
0: though. Yeah. That sounds like a fun movie to make. Oh. Well, it's a Shutter original. Okay, uh, great. It just came out. But what it is is, I don't know if you remember this, Keith, from VHS. I think it's part two. Mm-hmm. There was a kids versus alien segment in okay. VHS. And this is them expanding it out to a feature film, basically. Oh, okay. They don't succeed as far as, you know, I'm concerned. It's the, the short is much better. Okay. And and VHS that watch that don't watch kids versus aliens. Now it's, it's fine. I appreciate the effort, but it almost seems like kids made this, you know what I mean? It's, it's the quality's not great. Uh, It's cheap. Um, You know, so, so be it, that happens, you know, whatever, it's a horror movie, but you know, I was like hoping for, like monster squad but with aliens and that's not what this was it just wasn't it wasn't well done i don't i don't even feel like the ending was an ending it's i think it might be like 65 minutes long it's you know barely a movie you know as far as the length goes there's no ending per se it it, it's just I, i just was not a fan it it didn't succeed but again if you like VHS, I think, too, that skit, you know, you might want to check it out. But don't don't have high hopes for it, I'd say.
1: Damn, the horror movies are not doing well on today's podcast at all. Not only Malum and this one. Uh, let's see if this next one can exercise the demons of badness. And that's uh, the Russell Crowe starring film The Pope's Exorcist. So I saw this movie. Um, and, meh. Like, the, the good part about it is Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is very captivating in this film, and I think that that's why he did it, because he gets to play with the Italian accent. He's a drunkard priest who's really cocky in himself, and he's having a blast. So just watching it for that sake, that's great. The story beats, you've seen the vast majority of them before. We have The Exorcist. We have Exorcist 3. We have Exorcist 2. We have Dominion. A little bit of everything. There is this great inference, and this is a big spoiler, that um, a demon possessed a priest, and then everything that priest did was now tainted by the devil, and that would include the Spanish Inquisition. Um, So that's kind of an interesting thing, but Dominion also already kind of does that to a degree. Um, At the end of the movie, it becomes like a CGI bullshit fest. But Russell Crowe's performance in of itself is absolutely great. That is the most hypnotizing aspect of it. The movie's just all right. But that takes me into the next film that I want to talk about. I'm sorry, I'm going to be firing off a couple because, you know, I was just waiting on the uh, podcast ready just, to, just so I could have more value. Uh, the next movie I'm talking about here <laughs> is the Robert Rodriguez, Ben Affleck starring Hypnotic. You uh, saw that.
2: I didn't realize you saw that.
1: I did. Uh,
0: I, I. It was in the text though, Rob. So, oh, gosh.
1: There we go. Also, stars, let me find out the, the name of the person, the, the woman. My phone doesn't
2: get this. Did anybody see Boogeyman yet? I heard, I've heard mixed reviews on that. No, I haven't seen it yet.
0: No, I wanted to see it, and I didn't find the time. I've heard that there's some good jump scares. Yeah. Which, you know, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, hypnotic,
1: uh, stars has been after like an Alice Braga. Um, And it is interesting because it feels like if the movie was made 25 years ago it would be super cutting edge um but that's kind of also part of the point of the movie is for it to feel fake um and so there's some interesting turns in the movie that sort of give you that that's what we're doing uh and those are cool those are super super interesting so it's fun to watch for that sake but i would say you can wait till it's streaming look i think Rodriguez knows exactly what he's doing with the camera. He has an idea of a type of story he's trying to tell and he wants you to make it feel like, hey, this is a shitty 90s, early 2000s cop thriller that we probably shot in Czechoslovakia. Like That's the vibe the movie's going for at the beginning of it. Um, But then a couple of twists take you into different directions and those directions I feel grounded a little bit more and then finally at the very end the movie kind of feels a little hokey, but not the worst thing I've seen. Not even the worst thing I've seen on this list this week. So, um, well, you're so, looking at Rob right now. So yeah, that's that, the worst that's, thing you've seen. Absolutely. You get much worse um, than this. Yeah. Um, so that's hypnotic. Um. That was fine. Let's talk about another thing <laughs> I watched. I'm four episodes deep on a new Disney Plus series that really is captivating and hypnotizing. And that's Muppet Mayhem. Uh, Muppet Mayhem tells the story of Doctor T and the Electric Mayhem, the band from the Muppets. They have their own show now, and it's oh, fucking great. Uh, did, what did Rob just cuss and say something? What did he say?
0: He's mad. He hates anything kitty. Remember? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I hates cartoons. I love the Muppets. the Muppets. I grew up in the Muppets.
2: My, my internet didn't like your discussion, though. It's in oh, a, gotcha. unstable. I don't it's
0: like the Muppets. That Muppets it's awesome.
2: Well, you're fucking ridiculous. The <laughs> Muppets are amazing. I'll
0: try
1: to get this. <laughs> um. Muppet Mayhem. I think it's just—it's super fun. It's just about the band trying to make their first record after 35 years, and that's a clever concept to begin with. That's a lot of fun for me. Uh, Chad's laughing at, at Rob's frozen.
0: <laughs> Rob's frozen picture is perfect.
1: <laughs> is he? Is he coming back? He just really doesn't want me to talk about the Muppets. I, move on, <laughs> I told
0: you he's acting like he likes the Muppets. He doesn't. He's told me a thousand times that he fucking hates the Muppets. He said, if Keith talks about the Muppets one more fucking <laughs> time, I'm leaving the show. No, That's no, what's what the problem?
1: <laughs> I just, I didn't know he had a complicated relationship with the Muppets. I thought it was just Star Wars.
0: He said, yeah, Kermit's okay, but Dr. fucking T uh, or whatever you said the guy's name was. He can't stand that guy.
1: What's his name? Uh, what? Dr. T. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Doc, Rob hates Dr. T. Are you kidding me? Dr. T,
1: yeah. He, he, he's, he hates he's a
0: Kermit it. guy through and through. That's it.
1: I could totally like, see that. Maybe
0: a little bit of Fozzie because he likes saying wonka, wonka, wonka all the time. But that's it. That's, that's it, it. That's it. I but think like I think Teeth. Rob
1: is more Sam the Eagle. He just left. He <laughs> left. He left the conversation because he couldn't handle this Muppet, the Muppet <laughs> roasting we were giving him.
0: It's,
1: <laughs> we became Statler and Wal, Waldorf. Point is, Muppet Mayhem is great. It's got really good cameos. Uh, here he comes back in. <laughs> it was too much for him. All the names I've called him over the years, and you insulted his Muppet loyalty, and that's what drove him away.
2: Hey, how's the podcast going? How are you guys doing? <laughs> it <was> great. <laughs> What's going on? what I miss? I'm talking <laughs> about the Muppets. Be careful. I can love the Muppets. I grew up on the Muppets. <laughs> Muppets aren't animation; they're Muppets. (laughs) They're Muppets.
1: They are Muppets. But this this show has great cameos. It has Danny Trejo. Every single episode has an old person song, which is why I think Rob would like it. Um, so songs from like the seventies, the sixties, eighties, nineties. You know, all. How'd they
2: get? How'd they get Danny Trejo? He is hard to get into. Sorry, my bad. Uh, I what? Crazy that guy is. Yeah, I don't know how he's. he's How many Lewis? He's he's he's, he's fucking. how many movies have you made with Danny Trejo? I risk my case. up these bonds are. Amazing. I've turned down more movies with Danny Trejo than I've been with Danny Trejo. <laughs> I've never turned down a movie. I've never turned down a thing. So. <laughs> I, I know. I've seen your resume. <laughs> also, I, I know literally- people. I know people who worked with Danny Trejo. Everybody I've known has worked with Danny Trejo except for me. <laughs>
1: also, I wanted to say this before we, before we continue about Danny Trejo. You know how <laughs> Rob always says. Your know, Star Wars, I'm tired of this kitty bullshit. Oi, I have a I've got know. an interesting relationship
2: with the yeah, this yeah.
1: thing. Whatever. Do you know what the band from the Cantina what do you know what the type of music is called and what musicians that play that band that music are called within Star Wars?
2: You have any idea? Star Wars creature music. No. Okay. Jazz. That's super close. Uh uh jazz. Mm, less close. Is the Jazzy? The name of the music is... Is he
1: Booby Jazz? The name of the music is Jizz.
2: Oh, I did hear that. I did hear that.
1: And the people that play it are called Jizz Wailers. So every time that you tell me I have to be serious about Star Wars, Jizz Wailers. That's George Lucas called them Jizz whalers. That was his intention. Anyway, speaking about jizzing on things, uh, Chad went and saw... The beginning of the trilogy conclusion of an epic franchise. I'm really
2: shocked Rob hasn't seen this yet. The, be- go ahead, the beginning of a trilogy conclusion to an epic franchise.
0: Yeah. Also in the text thread, but
2: my phone doesn't get text. I, I <laughs>
0: That's uh, <laughs> I that, is that on that
1: same text thread he texts us on. Um, starring everybody. I'm shocked if Danny Trejo isn't in one of these. Fast X. Uh, Chad, how did you enjoy fast X? Was it fast? Was it furious? How did you feel?
0: It's a ridiculous film. Yeah, I love it. It is a live action cartoon at this point. It really is. It is a satire of its own films at this point. It's a comic book movie in the sense that no one is really dead. People that have died in prior movies, they come back to life. Or people who just like comic books.
1: Yeah. Or people who have quit these movies come back as well, I hear. So
0: uh one guy made a joke um that said, even people that die in real life are still in these movies (laughs) because Paul Walker is still referenced and he's still a character in these movies, and he's in this movie, by the way. So it is unbelievable. Like I said, it's a comic book movie. It is crazy. But this movie is Jason Lamoa's movie. It is insane what he does in this movie. He's not in first of all, he's not in the same movie as everybody else. He's doing his own thing that's almost unrelated to these guys. His his acting, his choices, it's incredible. It he's like Harley Quinn. I get Harley Quinn vibes from him. Not Joker, Harley Quinn vibes from him. He's an insane person, and he is trying to. Get rid of you know, kill Vin and his all of his crew because his father was killed. And the way he's acting though, is he's not depressed about his dad being dead at all, even though he's trying to kill these people. He is just he is hamming up every scene. Just as an example. You know, you see this in movies where the guy kills somebody with a knife and they lick the blade or something. It's it's happened a thousand times in movies. He kills a guy, he doesn't lick the blade, he puts the whole blade in his mouth, and it's like he's finishing up a lollipop or something. It is so disgusting. It is crazy what he's doing in this movie. He is trying to kill people. He gets punched in the face and he calls the guy butthole for punching him in the face like that. He He's an insane person in this movie. And again, his tone does not match the rest really of goes. the movie. But nothing. Then another person who's not in the same movie is John Cena. John Cena is also not in fast 10 this way. John Cena, I believe, is in that uh, Playing With Fire movie, whereas that kid's comedy, because the entire time John Cena's hanging out with a kid doing a comedy stick, it's ridiculous what John Cena's doing.
1: Isn't it also that doesn't his character, and I haven't watched these movies since the second one, doesn't he have a brain transplant?
0: Isn't that the thing that's in this movie? No, I have no okay. idea. There's no brain translates in this movie. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. Unless you're spoiling Fast X Part 2, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. <laughs> Who but knows? he he's not even the same character that he was. So maybe that was a joke somebody made. Yeah, maybe. Because he's not acting at all like he did in the prior movies. But he's also not acting like he's in a Fast X movie. It, right. It's crazy. Everybody else is in the same movie, except for Momoa's is doing his own thing. And Cena is doing his own thing. And I'm here for it. I love these movies. Keep them coming. Bring everybody back. I, you know, I don't care. You know, like.
1: I mean, it, it looks like it, they're going they're, to. They're
0: setting it up to be like legitimately, they're setting it up like Avengers Endgame where everyone that's ever been a part of these movies is going to have to band together to take on Jason Momoa at the end. Like that's how. So this is kind of up. Thanos. Momoa is
2: Thanos and they're all going to come back. to fight.
0: If Thanos yep. uh, mixed with Harley Quinn. Yes, gotcha.
1: absolutely. It looks like in all the the commercials and trailers, he's looked like he's playing a 1960s Batman villain. And I just can't wait for the end where you're going to have. So it's going to be this Hobbs and Shaw 2, then two more fast movies. Um, and I, and I, I heard just, it's just Hobbs. I heard. Not,
2: didn't yeah, even that's happens, what I heard. So uh, yeah. So it's. Him. That'd be kind of ridiculous. Statham's, yeah. Statham's, I think, is hotter than The Rock is. I mean, as far as. Yeah, but
0: I heard, though, that uh, I don't know if they're trying to get them, but rumored to be a part of Hobbs is Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart. So Uh, you got Ryan Reynolds. That's Kevin Hart. You know, whatever. You'll be fine. I don't know. Red Notice, right? Red Notice wouldn't die great. I didn't watch it.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Say no more. But um, it's going to be better than Red Notice. But I'm I'm
2: excited
1: to see. I mean, I'll probably watch that last one just so I can see all the characters unite and like the ghost of Clark Gable riding on a car and John Wayne coming back and all that stuff. Oh, oh yeah,
0: this, you know I said Paul Walker's. This is funny. They start the movie with the you watch the ending of part five again because that's when Jason Moa's dad died. But they do the thing where oh Jason Momoa really there the whole time. Yeah, so like they, they show Downey all the Jonathan, scenes.
2: Like the yeah. uh yeah.
0: So they so they show those scenes right. And MMO M- M- was really there. Then later, at the end, of, close to the end of the movie, there's like a spo- a reveal that somebody else was there. And we see the end of the, move- the part five again with somebody else there as well. It's like insane. <laughs> we see the end of part five twice in this movie <laughs> with more people being added. Every single time. Matter. It's going to be
1: more like yes. Waldo is just going to be in one shot. I love it. <laughs> like, I mean, it is a serialized story and, and the, the most true essence of that. I think the fact you call it a cartoon come to life is perfect, but that also takes me to the next film I want to talk about, and that's Disney's The Little Mermaid. I'm shocked and disappointed that you two fucks didn't go see this movie because it's well worth it. Uh, look, Rob Marshall knows how to direct a musical. I'm not going to lie to you. And Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote two more songs for this bitch, and it's fantastic. Talk about people that are having a blast. Melissa McCarthy He'd barely hide the smile on her face as she's playing Ursula because she, she is just leaning into this motherfucker. Uh Javier Bardem actually like looks like he's having a lot of fun, even though he's trying to be the solemn thing. And and the the Haley uh Barry or whatever her name is. Absolutely phenomenal. You leave that girl alone. She is a fucking mermaid, if ever there was one. Um, and she does a beautiful job. She really does play the character very richly. David Diggs, who might be our next thing, is great as Sebastian, Aquafina, a scuttle, absolutely fantastic. Jake uh Jake Tre- or whatever as like flounder. Them. Um, yeah. Awesome cast all around. Look, it, it takes some turns. No, you know, having grown up with the original, which is such an iconic film. It still takes turns that are different than the original and you're like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. That's weird. Cool. Let's see where that goes. And then some of those turns go nowhere and some of them are kind of interesting to see how it changes the story. Um, But I think overall the music's fun. This is probably the one of the better, if not the best of the Disney live action remakes that we have going right now. Um, it's just beautiful to watch. It takes you a second to get sort of adjusted to the animation un- underwater. The first few shots of this movie are captivating. They're just utterly beautiful. And, you know, I-, I was left watching it going, I have no fucking idea how they shot this. Because it's so intricate and people are floating in such a way that I was just racking my brain. I couldn't figure out how I would go about making this movie. And that was a cool experience to have, right? Um, and it's got great cameos too. The original Sebastian shows up, the original Ariel. It's fun to see all that. So yeah, if you're a Disney fan, I highly recommend that. If you're a Disney fan, most likely you have Disney+. Plus. So that takes me to the next thing I want to talk about. We have two Marvel projects to discuss uh, here today. Um, and this first one is a Disney Marvel show, an animated series called... Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, um, produced by Lawrence Fishburne. I think it's like 12 episodes about the titular character of Moon Girl, who is uh, a streetwise smart girl uh, in the streets of New York who meets a giant red dinosaur that she has a connection with and they become superheroes. And it's kind of interesting because we get a couple of MCU pop ins. So not only does Lawrence Fishburne reprise his character from Ant-Man and the Wasp, we also get Maria Hill. Uh, we also get Sam Wilson. They show up in the cartoon. It's super fun. But the best part about it, Lawrence Fishburne plays the Beyonder, and he's kind of fucking incredible as the Beyonder. They do a really awesome version of it. So, and a lot of cool things show up. The Symbiote shows up, and and she has to deal with that. So a lot of interesting aspects of the Marvel universe that are seldom talked about, and every episode of this kind of like Muppet Mayhem has a musical number in the middle of it. Not that anybody singing but the soundtrack plays such an important part to the show. Um, that they, they like reserve time for, you know, a song to be played in the middle and the animation changes to, to match the song. It's just a really interesting look. It just feels was great. Was
0: this something,
2: let me cut you off. Is this something that was just released or has this been out a while and it's, or it was made a long time ago and then they just sort of slipped it in there because it was not quite part of, you know, um, see you it, it was released this year uh okay.
1: yeah so and it's it's tangentially connected like anthony Mackey is the falcon in it okay. goldie smolders is maria hill but cool. since it's animated it i don't know theoretically could be a yeah. part of an adjacent universe so i don't know um cool. but that was good yeah i mean i liked it it's it's definitely aimed more towards kids Not i wouldn't say young young kids maybe teenagers but um and that Preteen age, probably. But I, I had a blast watching it, but because I'm a kid at heart. But speaking of having a blast watching things, that takes us to our last film that we're going to be discussing. Also, the last time we'll see some of these characters, that is James Gunn's Magnum Opus, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. We're, we're going to make you cry the entire time. Uh, Chad, you're going to start us off. How did you feel about Guardians 3?
0: Well, I love Guardians 3, but... It is definitely tonally different than the other two. My my wife's favorite MCU movies are the Guardians movies. It's on rewatch for her. If she's flipping through the channels and it's on, she's going to watch one and two. She did not like this one. So it's not for everyone in that regard. And I can't decide, honestly, if this is the best Guardians movie or the third on the list. Like, just because it's just so tonally different that it's, it's the same characters I know, but it, it's just, I have so much fun watching one and two. They are a blast. They are so much fun. And this one is not fun, but it is emotionally fulfilling. It is a perfect send off for these characters. Some, like you said, we may not see again, some who knows where they're going to show up and maybe a future Avengers movie, <clears throat> things like that. But it, it was so fulfilling and so gratifying. Like I, I loved it. But it was super emotional. Yeah. And super draining. Especially especially when you compare it to the other two lighthearted, I should say. I mean, I know there's some hard stuff in one and two, but this is just totally different. And the, the villain is just a great villain. So menacing. Um, you know, you just yeah, you, you wanted to to get everything they give him in this movie because he is a a terrible, terrible person and excellently acted. I mean, yes, I I love this movie a lot, but I'm still setting with it. I just don't know if it's my favorite Guardians movie or not.
1: Okay, that was some intense words. You heard it first here, folks. Chad hates Rocket Raccoon. (laughs) Rob, how did you feel about Guardians 3?
2: Yeah, you know, and to piggyback a little bit off what Chad said, but I think it was more fun than Chad. I, I had more fun than Chad had with the movie. And and I think it, it was the fact that there was a blend of fun in there that made the the heavy emotional things that much more weighted that he did take you on this journey. You know, I, I think the tones may be different in these movies, but the characters are very consistent. And I think, you know, we follow these characters, we fall in love with these characters. And You know, a lot like life, you go through different phases and different, you know, different things happen. And sometimes there are good times and there are bad times. But these characters are so nuanced and uh, these actors are really taking such ownership of these these roles that whatever they go through, you're with them. And you're like, oh, my God, whether it's they're going through something good or bad, it's just you ride. And there's not one character there that you that you didn't feel for, whether it was just Cosmo, the dog who just, you know, we, we barely really got to know. Or Craglin, all the way back, you know the moments with. Dry, I belly laughed in this movie as hard as I cried during this movie. You know it's interesting. You know when I, I saw it twice. I saw it the first time I saw it, and I saw it again in IMAX. But I walked out the first time. I was like, did I really love that movie, or just juxtaposed against the prior three movies that came out, which were to me just didn't live up to it? Um, did I was I just Jones, and I just need some really good quality. And then it was one of those ones where the couple of days went by and I, I just loved it more and more and more. And I was like, I got to go see this on IMAX. And it was, and I thought it wouldn't have, it actually affected me more in IMAX. I mean, just the overwhelming sound and just, just immersiveness of the IMAX experience was fuck. It, it blew me away. I, I loved that. Again, I, th- I think we could hold that up to some of the best trilogies of all time. Uh, oh yeah! You know, regardless of genre, whatever that was uh, amazing. I think uh, the MCU is uh, is the worst for wear for losing James Gunn in this, but DC, you know, I think will, you know, again, James Gunn is a certain uh, a, a certain feel. He's got a certain sense of humor, a certain way of storytelling that I think translates to to many things, and I think it, it'll do well over there which is good for competition and good for DC. But this, this movie was tremendous. Um, I'm glad we're not really losing any characters. Uh, yeah. You know, I, they're all welcome back as far as I'm concerned. I, they're yeah, but I, yeah. I, I think the
1: movie did a great job of leaving them in a good place where they do have a yes. resolution should they choose not to return. Um, yes. and I And I get it. I get why Batista might not want to. It's a lot of makeup. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of action stuff. And, and especially after a life of wrestling, those bones got to be hurting for a while, you know what I mean? Um, but I think uh, I do love the fact that other than Adam Warlock, Gunn treated all these characters with infinite love. I was sort of, and even I like the way he did Warlock. It's just sort of like... The same with the Ben Riley treatment in Spider-Verse sort of caught me off guard because that's not the way I, I picture them in my head. You know what I mean? Um, because Adam Warlock is always space Jesus every time we read. Yeah. And he's stoic, stoic, right? <laughs> and to see him as the baby, well, it was kind of neat. It was it was an interesting take on it. It was it was fun. And I think Will Poulter did a great job. Just again, not what I was expecting. Um, but I dug it and I cried like 17 times in this movie. The, as an animal lover, the minute this movie was over, I raced home to like give every single one of my animals a hug. The fish hated it, but still it's fine.
2: Um and I mean that shot of those baby raccoons, are you fucking kidding me? What what kind of manipulate I mean that's hard to I can't even picture that. I, that's just that yeah. is that is just overwhelming. Well, even when like
0: Baby Rocket talked for the first time and all, his first oh, And the first first word it's was hurt. like, what the hell? Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it's... Oh. That, that's when Stephanie turned in the movie and said, I don't like this movie. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, as soon as Rocket said that... To your point, you know about that kind Like, I teared up several times in this movie. But honestly, the thing that got me the most was not the animal stuff. It was when Nebula... Heard Rocket talking and she realized he was okay and oh. she broke down. I was like, oh my God, I'm breaking down. Yeah, it was awesome. Nebula, the hardest of the hard, is breaking down over this. Yeah. That and got me
1: like to my core. There's some amazing performances in this. I also think like Palm Klemitsov does a great job oh. of of skating that line between comical and seriousness. So there's a moment in this where they call Drax stupid and he gets upset and she calms him. And I think it's written for comedy. And I think at the beginning of it, when she raises her hand, it's comedy by the time she places her hand on him. It's serious. And like, and she does that so quickly. And then plus you juxtapose that against her little scream. Oh, I was screaming at something else. Scary behind you. You look super cool. Thanks. Like that sort of scene was (laughs) phenomenal. And that's a very James Gunn moment. And there's so many, just like uh, subplots, the cosmos story. I as a dog owner, that's my favorite thing in the, the world. Dog, yes, the just the just the whole not even Soviets called me bad dog, drinking <laughs> from a bowl while Lloyd Kaufman <laughs> looks like that's phenomenal. Um, I love the fact that we got original Groot look in this. We got like the 1960s Groot monster image. That's great. I love that we got the suits, all that. It, it was just fantastic to me. Look, I I don't have as much of a problem with the most recent mcu movies as rob does but again i'm not grappling with my own mortality the way he is so (laughs) i (laughs) but but i think this is a highlight like i think
2: i'm gonna die soon give me something good i
1: think both the, the black panther wakanda forever and this touch upon a lot of the same ideas about finding purpose with our pain yeah. What do we do after that? And they do it in very different ways. Wakanda Forever, you know, we focus on the next generation. And I guess we do that here as well. I did like Wakanda Forever. I, I, yeah. I was
2: more leaning into Thor and uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. And, and uh, Army of Army, Thor. Strange. Strange. Yeah. Mar- um, madness. The multiverse. Yep. I'm going say um, a market of madness. Market of madness was terrible. Yeah. Like, all like, those words you said, I'm sure the right mad- answer is Madness, Ulti. Yeah, I'm
1: having a stroke. It's okay. Um, I uh, but but it's also nice to see, you know, Phil Lavelle. That's a great comic character that we brought into it. That that's super cool to see that. I thought Chuck Woody like did a fantastic job. He's he's the nicest he guy.
2: Was. He was fucking terrifying. He was. He's terrifying. He was overwhelming.
1: And my, my experience with him on Underground Railroad, he's the sweetest dude in the world. So he bought me creps. And like we just talked about theater s- schools in the world and stuff like that. And had lovely, sophisticated conversations about Angela Lansbury. And then to see him be this cold, calculated, there is no God, that's why I stepped in. Like, talk about a mission statement. I feel like that is the most succinct character line since... Avengers since the first one when Captain America said what Black Widow says to him I wouldn't mess with them Cap They're, those guys are like literally gods man there's only one god and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that that is the most like insightful into how this person thinks line ever and I feel like this one for a High Evolutionary is right up there just great fucking writing for who this person is I mean don't get me wrong fuck Joss Whedon but yeah I I I dug the shit out of this. loved it. I love this movie. I can't wait to see what they do next. I want all of them to come back. The legendary star Lord. that's give me that that's great. i'm I'm super stoked about it. Um, but speaking of things that are coming up, let's bring on some trailers coming soon.
0: Coming
1: soon. That was some great trailer music. I really love that. Uh, And uh, we're going to dive first in uh, to this first film that we're going to see. Like Guardians, it's, it's about a bunch of heroes, but these are in a half shell. That's right. Directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyler Spears, starring Rose Byrne, Seth Rogen, Jackie Chan, John Cena, Paul Rudd, Giancarlo Esposito, Io uh, Debris, Natasha Dimitru, Maya Rudolph, Ice Cube, Brady Noon, Nicholas Cantu, Micah Abbey, Post Malone, Hannibal Burris, and Shimon Brown Jr. This is, of course, teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem the turtles brothers are as they work to earn the love of new york city while facing down an army of mutants produced uh and written by seth rogan evan goldberg and jeff Rowe. chad what did you think about the bodacious trailer for tmnt mutant mayhem
0: what i said last time for the original trailer was like this is fine i like the turtles i'll probably just watch it when it comes yep. to streaming i'm not gonna rush the movies I still have that same thought after seeing this trailer. I know you might be mad about that, Keith, but yeah. this is this is the one, this is the problem I actually had with this. It was hard. The turtle, all four turtles, sounded like it was the same actor. I know they're not, but they all sounded very similar. They did not sound distinct to me I at think, all. I think it that's because you out. don't
1: know enough turtles. So, like, I think that's racist against turtles for you to even say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rob, what did you think about this trailer? I know it's animated. Nobody kissed.
2: Hold on a second. Uh, I loved it actually. um I love the animation on this. Uh, this was the first time I. S- I don't remember if I saw the original trailer. Okay. Um, this was a lot of fun. I love the animation. um I don't know what my issue with the prior Turtles movies. Maybe I just maybe whatever. I, I just they were fine. Uh, the ones I saw. I didn't see a whole lot of them. I love the fact that it was actually kids voicing this thing. Yeah, me too. Which was you know which was kind of cool. Which kind of gave it a different vibe. Um, it was just a lot of fun. And again, the, again, just another interesting type of animation that I it, that I, I don't think I've seen before. If I have, it, it didn't jump out to me. It looked like a lot of fun. i I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I probably won't see it in the theater, but this is something I'll stream. It looked like a blast. yeah, and again, I like I like the tone of rogan and 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 Evan Goldbergs stuff. There's a there's again, like James Gunn, there seems to be a feel and a vibe to their sense of humor, their tone. There's storytelling that generally works for me, and I, I dug this trailer. Yeah, me.
1: Yep, I mean, I'm a lifelong Turtles fan. I'm probably gonna do a hundred days of Turtles challenges. Um, I, I'm so stoked about this. Like, I, I love. Yeah, I think with the Teenage Eternal sort of similar to Batman and less so Superman, but every time we get a new interpretation, they seem to highlight a different aspect of it, whether it be the martial aspect, whether it be what an outsider feels like. And it's interesting to see every iteration and this is the first one that feels youthful in a very big way. Um and I love that. I I I think I think the song used for the movie Is even too old for the kids in it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of interesting. I love the fact that we're not getting Shredder. We're not going over the same old material, though I'm sure he'll show up in a post-credit scene. But to see some of those mutant characters sort of get their their day in the sun, it feels a lot more similar to, not necessarily the original comics, but the Turtles comics that I grew up with, like when it started branching off into Archie and shit like that. So... uh, I'm here for it. I think it's going to be a killer movie, which takes us to our next film directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Eric Roth, Martin Scorsese and David Grant. This film stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, Jesse Plemons, uh, Tantou Cardinal, John Lithgow, Brendan Fraser, Kara Jade Myers, Janae Collins, Gillian Dion, William Bellew, Jason Isbell, Scott Shepard, Luis Quintalerni, Sturgill Simpson, Tatanka Means, Pat Healy and Michael Abbott jr this is of course killers of the flower moon um based on a true story members of the osage tribe in the united states are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s sparking a major fbi investigation involving j edgar hoover uh chad what did you think about the trailer for killers of the flower moon
0: i think that it thinks that it's cleverer than it is uh rob what does peter griffin say about the Godfather movie. What's his opinion?
2: It it insists on itself. It it insists on itself. There you go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It insists on itself. That's what... Oh, my God! Excuse me. It does. It insists on itself.
0: (laughs) That's what I think about the trailer. Peter Griffin's opinion of the Godfather. That being said, it's Leo. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'm going to watch it. It is fucking Martin Scorsese.
1: Both of you fucks. I don't even know Rob's opinion. I, yet. Ju- I didn't know that was going
2: to be his review. I just know what Peter Griffith's opinion of Godfather is. I was able to help Chad here with his review. You've I'm never, not saying I agree with it. You've never had a
1: performance that moved me so much, but I didn't think it would move me to blind fury and anger. So, <laughs> what, what do you? What do you have to say for yourself?
2: Me? Who um, the fuck else am I talking? <laughs> I don't know. Um, um well I'm I'm fascinated because I read the book last year and it was and again it's overwhelming and it's powerful. And it, just those stories of oh, you know, that just hold the mirror up to fucking how bad of a species. We just miserable fucking, you know. Um it looks like a Martin Scorsese epic. Um, it's got my favorite actors working. It looks powerful. It, it just I am I watching it. Yeah, it looks like a Martin Scorsese movie. I'm gonna, I'm in. Um I, I I gotta get used to Leo's accent a little bit. The first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know if that accent's working and then everybody and their mother raved about his accent. I'm like, maybe it's my ears, maybe I don't fucking know. You know, it's just it, it wasn't great working for me. Um I have listened to a lot of the reviews at a can, and you know clearly it's it, the the overwhelming is it's pretty fucking good yeah so but again i've i've hit and missed with scorsese over the years a lot like with the coen brothers i just have i just i'm not saying that none of the movies are bad some of them i love and some of them are like oh it's sort of like again like eating grape nuts it's dense and it's heavy and it's slog to get through sometimes for me um am i gonna watch it yes am i gonna love it i will tell people i'll love it <laughs> and, and and I will I will pay homage to the throne of of the great auteurs Scorsese because it because he makes great movies so yes I'm looking forward to it.
0: There but are you might think like Peter Griffin thinks but at the end of the it, game, That's why it myself it it insists on itself. There, what does that mean? It's absurd. How are you both like? Chad's like
1: forty. You're like seventy two, and you're the ones quoting Family Guy. I, I don't know. There are very few times in my life when I'm. It happy. looks like the greatest movie
2: ever. Ever. There are very <laughs> few Cinematography times- is spectacular. spectacular. De Niro looks subtle. I can't wait to see the. the the uh, the, uh, the uh, Scor- uh, That's what De Niro and DiCaprio getting back together for the first time since a boy's life, uh, going back 20 years. It's going to be magical. <laughs> it's, it's fucking Scorsese. I can't wait to see
1: it. (laughs) There are very few times in my life where I'm happy that I don't have hair anymore, but I feel like if I would have still had hair during the show, I would have come out looking like I saw a ghost from the other side, like just gray fucking, or just (laughs) ripping it out by the scalp. You know what I mean? And it's just, this is Martin Scorsese. It's with these past two movies, it's the teenage motherfucking mutant Ninja Turtles and Martin motherfucking Scorsese. I'm there day one. There are very few creators I like more than Martin Scorsese. I wouldn't even put God above Martin Scorsese on the level of work I like, you know, above yeah, it. So sure. I'm just saying, he's an amazing creator. Which takes us to our next trailer. Now uh, if Scorsese
2: directed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think I'd be God. Can you imagine that? That would be amazing. Nero always the Rat Dad, and you know, give, give, give,
0: give me yeah, something. the thing. Rat Dad. That's exactly what dad, that's his name. Rat you Dad. dad. Did rat you say Cowabunga? Did you say Cowabunga to me? <laughs> rat Dad.
2: Rat oh, daddy. I look like a rat daddy. i am a rat dad. What's rat daddy about me? Yeah.
1: That'd be so great. Now I'm gonna do a cast of Martin Scorsese favorites in that. Martin like- Scorsese,
2: <laughs> teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles.
1: Uh so Speaking of how Scorsese is a fantastic creator, we're going to talk about the creator next. Directed and written by Gareth Edwards, also written by Chris White. Uh, this movie stars Ralph Innocent, who you may know from The Witch and tons of other things. Allison Janey, Jimma Chan, John David Washington, Mark Minchaka, uh, Ken Watanabe, uh, Veronica Ngo, Liana Che, Sturgill Simpson, Amar Chata Patel, Michael Esper, Ian Verdon, Mackenzie Lansing, Madeline univoils Karen Aldridge, Charlie Mc- Cleveland, Robbie Tan, and Ulf Peablad. Ulf! Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, this movie looks phenomenal. It is described as a post-apocalyptic thriller involving a future impacted by a war between humans and AI. Look, we haven't seen Gareth Edwards in a while. Uh, Godzilla, his Rogue One, right? Uh, and that was the last time we saw him, maybe? Uh, Chad, what did you think about the trailer for The Creator?
0: I doubt I'll go to the movies to see this, but I'm going to watch it. It looks interesting. Um, I like John uh, David Washington a lot. Um, This It kind of reminded me a little bit of Blade Runner mixed with Children of Men a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm getting that vibe. And those are movies, while they're well-received and everything, uh, they're not huge on my list. Like Blade Runner is fine. I don't think it's incredible like a lot of people do. Children which version? Which of the 12 versions are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. And Children of Men is a l- little depressing. It is, it's about to explode. <laughs> now they're
1: going off on Blade Runner. <laughs> no, yeah. Blade Runner, Children <laughs> of Men, though. That's a fantastic
2: film. That I is. Remember. That's incredible. That's incredible.
0: But, but I know I'm like in the minority with that. It's just a little on the depressing side. So I'm getting that vibe from it. So I'm a little worried about this, but I'm going to check it out.
2: I... I, it, it just caught me off guard. I think for, it's visually fucking stunning. Yeah. First of all, and I love John David Washington. He he. Well, he just his subtleties and stillness. Holy crap! I mean, whew, the apple did not fall far from the tree with this fucking guy. I mean, it's he is he got it. he he's fucking great. Um, the visuals look great. I love this type of story. I love again. There's something about the bleak. Post-apocalyptic end of the world, where there's really no hope or hope is dim. But when it's done well, I I don't know why that sucks me in constantly. Yeah, uh, I I just I was hypnotized by this thing. It was just I thought it looked great. It, it caught me off guard. But what was the, what was the Adam? What, what about the prehistoric when he goes back in time?
1: Sixty-five.
2: Uh, yeah, that also caught me off guard, and I heard that was great. So I haven't yeah. seen that yet either. But, He's uh, not but great. So. It's yep. fine. Yep.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I think I like Gareth a lot. Like I loved Monster. I was a big fan of that. His Godzilla has some great moments to it. I love Rogue One, even though some people have complicated relationships with Jiz Whalers and Star Wars. Um, love Rogue One though. Yeah, Rogue One's great. Rogue One's top four, baby. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited about it. Like this gives me a lot of Neil Blankoff. Is that his name? Uh, yeah, it gives okay. me a lot of vibes of that, and I like him a lot. Other than the fact he's doing. Grand Turismo or whatever he's doing now which is weird. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I'm I'm here for this. I'm I'm excited about it. Um the next thing that we're going to be looking at, I'm kind of excited but also terrified by. This is a television show um coming to Amazon Prime. Uh it is called I'm a Virgo and it stars um brett gray rachel Thoreau, varsha chand lindsey g smith ari frankel ronda johnson dents diana lovell carmen ajogo mike epps robert longstreet olivia washington carrie young ginger cressman uh kenneth uh, kent brian alias uh, barnes craig tate sarah dunn jonathan grant and jerelle jerome as the lead character um Wow. Uh, how do we describe this? A coming-of-age joyride about Cootie, a 13-foot-tall man who escapes to experience the beauty and contradictions of the real world. He forms friendships, finds love, navigates awkward situations, and encounters his idol named the hero, played by Walton Goggins, who wasn't even enlisted on the IMDb. That's crazy. Um, Chad, what did you think about the trailer for I'm a Virgo?
0: You know, I never heard of this before you yeah. put it on the text thread. I was like, what is this? As, as I'm watching it. It's crazy. And then it said, you know, from Boots Riley. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. You know, I, I see where this is going now. But it's super weird. And it's actually probably too weird for me. Throw in the fact that it's a series as well. It's just like, I just, I just don't see me watching this.
1: Uh right. So Chad doesn't like good media. What about you? Are you are you on his side since he hates Martin Scorsese and Rocket Raccoon?
2: You know, it, was, it caught me off guard. I wasn't, so, yeah, I wasn't aware of it. Like I said, until you put it on there, and um, big fan of Goggins. It was, it was visually striking, you know. And but there's something. Wait, I, I I don't know if it was just the state of mind I was in. There was something depressing about it. There was something so lonely about this kid and what he had to go through. And it just, boy, it just, oh, it just. I didn't want to watch it because I just went, I don't want to see this kid be treated yeah. like a freak and what he's going to go through. And I, again, it looks, it, it looks interesting. It looks like something I've never seen before. Yeah. To tell you the truth. It has a, an interesting vibe. Um, I, I, I'm sure it's well-made. Will I, watch? Well, I, you know, I'll i play the first episode. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, I'll watch the first episode. So we'll see if, if it grabs me. Great. Um, but it looks cool.
1: I, you know, I am I was in a uh, show with Jarrell called um, Tales on BET. And so I'm friends with him on Instagram, and he posted, you know, a couple of pictures of him with, like, uh, on a perspective stage and stuff like that. And then when South by Southwest had come, he posted a picture. They, they rode through with a car with an actual 13-foot version of him in the back of a car just to promote the show and stuff like that because they premiered an episode there. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then the trailer just dropped. And to me, it looks so fantastical. It feels like a modern rolled doll piece, but like the actual doll pieces would be where it's dark. You know what I mean? There's a dark fantastical element to it. And I'm I'm here for that because I think we need to see more people of color in that space of fantastical stories. Um uh, and Walton Goggins as a fucking Iron Man character. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm there for that. That sounds fun. Uh so I'm excited about it. Uh, I can't wait to see what it is. I don't think it's going to be another expendable thing to watch, but that brings me to our next thing that we're going to be watching about, which expend Forbles um, is the next movie. It's the fourth film in the expendables franchise directed by Scott. Wow. Written by Kurt Wimmer,
2: Tad Daggerhart, and Max Adams Daggerhart,
1: That man should be Max this. Adams. I
2: worked with Max Adams down. He was a Florida state grad. He's one of the filmmakers down there when I used to do short films down there. Holy shit. Oh shit. That's awesome. Go Max Adams. Yeah.
1: Um, and it stars Jason Statham, Fifty Cent, Megan Fox, who's gorgeous in this. Yes,
2: that's going to be a whole conversation.
1: Yeah. Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaa, <laughs> Eco Uwe, oh my god, Randy Couture, Jacob Scipio, Tran, Andy Garcia, Sylvester Stallone, Caroline Wilde, Nicole Andrews, Sheila Shaw, Eddie Hall, Lucy Newman-Williams, Koki Falco, and Mike Moeller. Uh, Expendables 4 or Expend 4 Bulls, uh, the Expendables will square up against an arms dealer who commands the might of a massive private army, which I think is the same plot from 1 through 3. Chad, what did you think about the Expendables.
0: Well, I just there's a revelation here now that Rob has worked with that guy. And I'm shocked that Rob, you're not in the movie because the Expendables I didn't say we got a lot. I didn't say we got a lot. It's Just like super old action people, I mean, that's that's you to a t, right? I mean, clearly,
2: clearly, the sheriff from Zombie Invasion should be in this movie. Fighting
0: the the fat gay warden from the feeding, like, if that's not Rob Brago, what you said,
2: I thought he owed me 50 bucks.
0: I, thought, I didn't, for a second,
2: I didn't know he said game warden. All I heard was game warden. I was like, not gay warden.
0: What, what movie was I in? <laughs> Well, I, I don't it. know what you were, but you were a little overweight, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Well, according to my mom, what your I was occupation was, necessarily.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> let, let me just say that this Max Adams guy uh, went on to write Extraction.
2: Well, well let, let, I know, you know that. So, right, Adams. So, he's an interesting life, Max. Um, he was there. He went to Florida State. He was uh, in the military for quite a while. He was in, I believe, Afghanistan, the Middle East for a couple of tours. And so he was 32, 33 when he showed up at Florida State to get his master's. And his, I believe his first gig out of getting his master's was he was Scorsese's writing assistant on uh, Boardwalk Empire. If, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's, I don't have his credits up, but I believe that was his first gig out, coming out of Florida State. Yeah.
1: Well, the and the extraction he wrote is not the famous extraction. It's the no, Bruce Willis one. Uh, but yeah. then he did work on the terminal list. Uh, another Bruce Willis movie called Precious Cargo, and this seems like it's a big bump. Oh, so up. here's an
2: interesting story: I worked with him on his short film Precious Cargo. Yeah, he turned that into he turned that into his uh, into a feature. feature. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's, that's new. cool. So, but but Chad, other than the fact you're shocked, our geriatric friend is not in this movie. How do you feel about the trailer? I'm shocked.
0: <laughs> so I like these expendable movies. I just thought it was a weird way to start this trailer with yeah. Statham and Megan Shut Tom. up. Don't get me wrong. Awesome. I'll watch Megan Fox all day long, you know, as far as that goes. Jesus. but If I did know the Expendables, I'd be like, what is this? Is this yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith type I stuff? I forgot it was the Expendables was really two seconds
1: in. Like. Which literally... would be great. Them Those yeah. two and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I would oh. totally enjoy, but still. yeah, um,
0: Honey, yeah. you need to take
1: your top off. <laughs> like, it would be
0: great. The gist of is, you know what you're getting with these movies. If you like that type of stuff, you're going to like it. You know, I'm all for it. I'm all for watching these recognizable action stars, you know, kicking ass, fighting each other, you know, Stallone being Stallone, Statham being a badass, Megan Fox being super hot. I'm, I'm in,
2: I'm in. Uh, Rob, what about you? Agreed. Uh, that being said, holy shit. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think we get a little blinded by what she looks like and the way she carries herself. Cause I've always thought she can act too. Now I think she's pissed off some people. She's not terrible, and she she is comfortable in her skin. And I would be comfortable in her skin too. (laughs) No, I mean mean, she is. I I I was a little disappointed when I hopped on late that this wasn't turned into a two-hour conversation about Megan Fox because I I was disappointed when I realized oh fuck this is an expendable sports trailer they're cutting away from that little dance they were doing there which was awesome so. uh, it looks fun. You know, it looks fun. I I wish they would, I wish they would get more cartoony and dip into a deeper pool of characters from you know from the past, like and and even if they didn't have the rights to those characters, reference them, get get uh get Kiefer Sutherland and just call him Jack and have him with a gun. And just just dip into all these shows where there are just actors who want to play with these guys for a couple of days and show up with a wink and a nudge. I, I think that'd be great. And I'm not saying these people won't be doing appearances, but it looks fun. I'm there. Shit. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I think it's also like, I, I wish I don't even care if they do the Jack 24 thing or whatever, but allow them to have the creative characters. The third one, I think is the one that has Banderas in it. And he was a blast. I in think that he was in the
2: trailer ride. in this one too. I think he's in this,
1: this trailer for a couple of seconds. I think that's Garcia and you're racist, but um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't Danny
0: Trejo, guys.
1: Yeah. I thought Danny Trejo. He's so
0: easy to work with. Uh, like,
1: fucker. Uh, all the couldn't the same. Uh, the the couldn't get him. Uh, um, I, I, I think like the thing to me, if I'm just being honest, <laughs> a couple of takeaways. The first one, Megan Fox. Goddamn, oh, goddamn. Man. I have been. There's so many movies I own just because she's in it and she's hot. You know what I mean? I think Jennifer's Body is not a great movie, but goddamn, I own two copies of Jonah Hex because she wears, and I could just <laughs> watch the one, but still, I still haven't seen that movie, Hurt Gerald's Game in the Snow movie. I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, yeah, Till I,
0: Death. It's actually, I think it's Till Death, but it's good. Yeah, so, it's actually pretty good.
1: She is so, fu- what pisses me off, I'm sure he's a lovely person, Machine Gun Kelly, really? Really? Oh, it infuriates me. Anyway, that's the first thing. Second thing is, this feels like it should be, it either shouldn't be happening or this should be number six straight to DVD to a degree. You know what it I mean? It does
2: feel like a DVD. It does not feel like a theatrical release. It's absolutely, it doesn't feel like it was shot. Yeah, uh, uh, just, yeah, it feels And a it fun.
1: feels like while I love Megan Fox and wish she would marry me, especially if she wears the April O'Neill outfit. I feel – this has just become a lecherous podcast. I feel like she's not the biggest star. Like none of the new people you're bringing in are any bigger stars than the ones you already had. And that should always be the ambition is I'm going to get somebody bigger every time. You know what I mean? Fast what about Furious on the
0: international star. scale though? What about on Tony the international ja. scale?
1: Well, I think that's Tony Jaw and Eco Uwe are the only two exceptions to that. But that's also to a very specific niche. Like I'm going to – be hard for either Megan Fox or one of those guys, and it's going to be fantastic. But I also think, like, to an American audience, Eco and and, uh, and Tony, they probably don't really know them like that. You know what I mean? It's makes to make the action amazing. I,
0: but I wish – This that, is international. They're going for international money with this.
1: I think so, too. To, to a large degree. This is like a Knights of Zodiac sort of situation. I can see that. I'm fine with that. I just wish that they had the longevity to keep going. Like like Rob said, just keep bringing me as actors age out at a certain point, instead of doing dancing with the stars, I guess I got to do expendable seven. You know yeah. what I mean? And do be it.
2: Yeah. And again, this is, this is the first trailer. I mean, by trailer two or three, you may see, they may drop somebody else in there and you're like, Oh, Oh, the, oh, the rock is in this movie. Okay, great. You know, so, Yeah. Um I don't see that. one right. happening though, for this Rob one, so,
1: um, so uh, I don't know, but maybe Jason Statham's there, so maybe there's that connection.
0: Rob, are you trying to say you're going to appear in trailer number two? Is that secretly I'm what you're saying? It? I'm
2: going to be in there, but I'm learning. I'm learning Photoshop. So you know, yeah. it would be really yeah, bad. You gotta get together, and work on Photoshop. Though. Yeah,
1: it would be really bad if in a movie of old action stars, you're playing the old man. Like you know, I want to be the. I want to be the rat.
2: I want to be the rat guy. Rat i want to be rat dad to the expendables
1: hate it so much i you know i probably could watch those first three expendables at least five nights in a row which takes me back to our next trailer uh it is for a video game adaptation that might rival super mario brothers as the best video game movie ever made we will have to see it's the first of a trilogy reportedly it is his five nights at Readies. So, uh the film stars Josh Hutcherson, who I absolutely love, Matthew Lillard, who I absolutely love, Elizabeth Lale, I don't know who she is, Mary Stewart Masterson, Cat Connor Sterling, Kevin Foster, Jess Jess Weiss, Grant Feely, uh Jessica Blackmore, Joseph Fell, uh, Love, Bailey Winston, Lucas Grant, Christian Stokes, Wyatt Parker, Ryan Reniki, Jade Kindar Martin, Piper Rubio, and Joseph Poliquin shot here in Atlanta, Georgia. What's the story of this? Well, I'll tell you. Directed by Emma Tammy, the troubled security guard begins working at Freddie Fazbear's Pizza. During his night on the job, his first night, he realizes that the night shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to get through. Um, what do you guys think about Five Nights at Freddy's?
0: You know, this is just a tease, uh, but I do think For fans of the game, it gave them what they wanted to see. Yeah, Um, I I never played the game. My daughter played the game. She she loved it. She cannot wait for this movie. She has told me this is her most anticipated movie of the year. She can't wait to see this film. She's worried because they've announced it's day and date, theater and streaming the same day. So she's worried that that, is the thing that's happened. So, but she still can't wait and is looking forward to see this movie. Okay. I'm going to watch it, especially if it's streaming day of.
1: Yeah. Is it, do you know what it's going to be streaming on Peacock or what are we talking about here?
0: I think it's Peacock or Paramount. One of the other. I think it's one of those two.
1: Um, uh, Rob, as you try to figure out how to make selfies, weirdo. Uh, What did you think about the trailer for five nights at Freddy's?
2: I thought I thought it was a trailer I haven't seen, and as a trailer I haven't seen, I thought it was um, um, really uh, on my list to watch. It's that- got pizza and animatronic
1: bears. This seems so up your alley. I don't understand how you could not watch it. I, it's a video game thing. Did you watch Willy's Wonderland? No, I didn't. That was no,
2: not-
0: of course he didn't. That was fun. That was fun. That was but- that was Cage,
2: right?
1: Yeah, yeah. i
2: not um,
0: seen that one. Just seen- Peacock, by the way. It's coming to Peacock. Okay, cool.
1: I, you know, I, um, I was too old for five nights of Freddy's when it first came out, though. I have like, you know, being on the walking dead and stuff like that. When I was every kid at a convention was trying to talk to me about fucking that game. So that sort of circle. And I have a nephew and niece and they loved it. So, uh, so I'm, I'm aware to an extent about the game, at least that first one and some of the others. Um, I'm here for it. I I like Josh Hutcherson Hutcherson a lot. Matthew Lillard is a great guy. He's a big fan of horror in general. So, just to see what he'll do with this um, and the fact that they already have the trilogy written out. So, if they get to make it, that's cool. If not, you know, I don't know. I'm excited to see where it goes. I would be worried. I could kind of see, you know, the intelligence of maybe doing a day in day just because Willy Wonderland didn't do that great. And it is. For all its purpose, is the same plot. You know what I mean. Um, this just has a little bit more name recognition. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese yeah, goes to hell oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, But, you know, speaking of that movie we just compared it to, let's bring on Mr. Cage one more time. Uh, this next film is directed by Yuval Adler, written by Luke Paradise. It stars Nicolas Cage, Joel Kinneman, Kiwi Lyman, Nancy Good, Cameron Lee Price, Burns Burns. What a fucking great name. Rich Hopkins, Alexis Zollicoffer, Danny Tesla, Oliver McCallum, Anise White, and Rachel Boyd. This is called Sympathy for the Devil. After being forced to drive a mysterious passenger at gunpoint, a man finds himself in a high-stakes game of cat and mouse when it becomes clear that not everything is as it seems. Chad, what did you think about the trailer for Sympathy for the Devil?
0: It's like Nick Cage's uh, collateral. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that uh, it's Nick Cage just being crazy. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely going to check this out. It looks good. I'm curious to see what the, I don't know if twist is the right term, but curious to see well, like what's actually going on. Yeah. Like, you know, is Joel Kinman really like a secret bad guy, you know, or whatever? And Nick Cage is just fucking with him, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know what, how, how go, but I'm curious about it. So, yeah, I'm going to check this out.
1: Ah, uh, Rob. What about you? Did you uh, get a chance to watch this trailer before I make any clever comments? Yeah, I'm a big fan of
2: Kinnaman, so you know it's nice to see Cage doing a movie. And again, it's I haven't seen a whole lot of his movies over the past few years. You know, Pig was great, but it's I, I like to see him going toe to toe with Kinnaman. I think Kinnaman's good. Yeah, me too. Um, so this that actually that that makes it that gives it a little bit of heft, a little bit of gravitas for me. So yeah, i mean, Was that a remake? Sympathy for the Devil, or I, I meant to look that up to see if it'd been redone. Or is that just the name of a song? That's just a stone yeah, song.
1: I think,
0: you're That's thinking just, of Rolling Stones. Yeah, okay.
1: Um, but I mean there's tons of movies that have that same sort of I'm sure. vibe. There's a uh, movie with that
0: title too, though. I bet yeah, there's absolutely. other movies with that title. But maybe not a remake, but just they're using that yeah. terminology.
1: Yeah, let me see if I can find anything. Uh mostly just the 2023 movie. Um uh yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. I, I dig it. I love you know, Nick Cage uh, uh, has a special place in my heart now. He's a super cool dude. Um, Goddard had a movie called Sympathy for the Devil, um, but it is not. No, it's it's no, it's the Rolling Stones music video for that. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I'm here for it. I hope there is a twist to it. Like, it's either Nicolas Cage has to be the devil or crazy person who thinks he's the devil or Joel Kinnaman is actually the devil. I want one of those three possibilities to be the actual case, right? Um but it looks fun, like you said, Nicholas Cage and uh, RoboCop Part Two in in uh, Collateral. I'm I'm here for it. It's gonna be uh, fun, and and Cage's hair is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, so I'm I'm good with that. It looks like a lot a <laughs> blast we had. Um, so yeah, that's all we got for this week. That's a lot of movies. That's a lot of trailers we got through. Jesus Christ, I'm tired.
2: Yeah, uh that's not,
1: that's a lot of talking. Yeah, well, well, I was mostly tired of. Looking at your face.
2: Oh, anybody, oh. you got anybody
1: watch be... Foobar? Did anybody watch food Bar at all? We talked about it, uh, I guess, yeah. before the show started. No, yeah. uh,
2: during the yeah. show, it's right? at
0: the beginning. Yeah, it's at the yeah. beginning of the show. Neither I saw one the first
2: episode, it's a little uneven. It's it's all right, it's it's fine. It's got it's got its moments. Cool, it's got its moments.
0: Well, um, I'm really did, glad.
2: Did you, did you guys see the Netflix? Uh, they did like a commercial for action and it was just for extraction. Yeah. And it's and it's Arnold and uh Hemsworth in the elevator together. That's but pretty not- funny. That's actually pretty funny. That's
1: it great but it also doesn't look like they're actually in the same set at all it
0: does not at all they were not there together
2: they're yeah that's that yeah, that crazy? yeah that's a little crazy i like the idea behind it it was just yeah, a little bit, too. that yeah, was a little, little crazy extraction two looks good anyway i digress yeah.
1: um, um, any other things videos. you've seen rob that you want to discuss now i, I did, did watch
2: the first episode of a brand new show called 12 monkeys somehow there are four seasons out but i did watch the first episode yesterday and it was uh the showrunner is terry Metalis, who did season three of picard which is fucking oh, great. Well, um, so uh, it was a pretty good episode. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Twelve Monkeys. spin off Twelve Monkeys movie.
0: You're gonna cut that part out, right, Keith? The entire thing. <laughs> I'm
2: just gonna cut Rob's section <laughs> out. So,
0: uh, yeah, did no, you guys? No. I,
2: I finished up Ted Lasso, the, the series finale. Really that's cool. actually relevant. Yeah, well, that's did, that's an okay one to talk about. Yeah, was very good. It was, you know, it's very heartfelt. It's almost, it's almost like a weird fantastical world. You know, it was in the, in the thread that I'd say that. I, I watched Ted Lasso in the text thread. <laughs> I, must have said I, that. I don't get text I theory. must have sent that to somebody else. <laughs> somebody else knows I watched Ted Lasso. And they're like, fuck is probably telling me you watched Ted Lasso. I think they're going to spit it off without him is what they're going to do. I think Sudeikis is going away. And I think they've set it up where Apple's like, yeah, okay, this is still pretty good. Let's do another season of this. with that," Because everybody else stayed behind. Everybody else stayed behind. So I'm wondering if they're going to continue uh, what they're doing. It's a good feeling. Show you heartless bastards. I
1: I haven't watched it, but I I think yeah I think Apple will want to do that absolutely because it's making in all the money. You know it. what I mean? But they're going to make a crossover between Succession and Ted Lasso because those are the that shows everybody talks great. about. So just be nice. depressed and then happy again.
2: You know. That'd be great. Did we talk about Megan Fox? Oh, we did.
1: Okay. That's we did. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and cut it off now. Uh. Chad, if the people want to find you where can they find you?
0: On Twitter and Instagram, NQC podcast.
2: Awesome. And Rob, if the people want to find you where can they find you? Uh they can call Chad and Chad can uh hook them up with me. That's what they can do. That's right.
0: Or they can call you. You can say I'll do my best.
2: Thank you, Rob. Thank Chad. Chad's my middleman, my go-to. Did you start to say thank you Rob when he said that? I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think you think to yourself you I, was, uh, I was the, uh, the fat gay warden in the, uh, the, the ranger in that movie
1: Yep, that's very true um, So uh, thank you guys so much For uh, checking us out uh, Until next time, bye guys <laughs>
0: Peace Not Quite Cool is a podcast Recorded in Atlanta, Georgia In conjunction with Actors Teaching Actors And Bean Dip Productions Thanks